Hi, everybody, and welcome to the No Country Podcast. My name is J. David Osborne, and that is Chris Sacknesson. Chris, how are you doing this evening? Well, I'm I'm a little bit better than I was earlier. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit tense in the neighborhood, but uh, you know, you, you've dealt with some tensions lately with uh, hailstones and stuff, and well, people with guns and you know stuff is just what happens in life isn't it you know i mean yeah. it's not like i'm it's not like the first time i've dealt with those people you know yeah. uh it, it, it's all good it's all good we like to think that we live in a completely safe and sound society but we truly don't and it's only been recently in human history and by recently i'm talking Recently as in the invention of agriculture 3,000 years ago, but recently as in the past 100 years that you really kind of don't run the risk of being beaten and left in a ditch for whatever you have in your pockets. So this is just the way human beings are. And every once in a while it'll rear its head, kind of tear through the paper-thin neoliberal facade like a rabid dog, and everybody get whoa, what is this? <laughs> these deep-seated fears that uh, that we've very smartly learned to internalize over the years of being hunted by predators, both animal and human. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it does happen. It does. You know, the hailstorms come. My car that I paid cash for three months ago is totaled. <laughs> so uh, I'll be getting a check from the insurance company, and I'll get a new car. No big there deal. There you go. There you go. No who who cares? That's my thing. And I don't mean that in a nihilistic way. Uh, I mean that in the most positively nihilistic way you can think of. Who cares? <laughs> Let's have fun. Let's just keep it moving, man. Let's just keep Yeah, that's right. That's right. Keep moving, you know. I mean, think of the hummingbirds, you know. I, I was out on my balcony this morning, and, you know, a hummingbird uh, is like less than three inches high. And it was 30 miles an hour wind this morning. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me that a three-inch high creature can navigate in 30 miles an hour wind. I mean, how would you do that? You know, so none of us have any problems at all, really. I mean, come on, really, we don't. Um, well, I, well. I, I, to be fair, sometimes people say mean things to you on the internet. Oh yeah, of course. Well, I, I I'm worried about people, you know, waving guns in my head. You know, that sure. that's only that's the only thing I'm worried about. Th- but really, at the end of the day, which one's really worse? Mean things on the internet or guns? It's a toss up, Chris. I don't know. I don't know, because you know, emotional harm. Oh, I I hear that. I hear that. You know, <laughs> I do hear that. I mean, and and you and I are going to cop that, and you have coped that, and so have I. Uh, I'm not dismissing the social media hassle that is part of the world today. I mean, I just did uh, a book cover about uh, comedians who have uh, taken pressure, you know, from the the new left, you mm-hmm. know, and. I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, we used to uh, always think that the right, you know, they they were the problem. 
Um, yeah. I mean, I, why did why was I doing drugs and hanging out with dangerous people if I, if I was right wing? You know, right, exactly. But no. now the left is is on us too. So we've got it coming from both sides. So I don't dismiss uh, what you're saying about the social media hassle, uh, and and I certainly don't dismiss what that will mean uh, maybe in the future for your family and as Gus uh, grows up. Uh, I mean, he's going to be navigating an entirely different uh, mindscape than you and I started sure. with. Yeah. Um, so I don't dismiss any of that. But nevertheless, p- people with guns in your face are, are a little bit more of a worry. You know, I, I'm just going to say that. Absolutely. No, I was definitely being facetious and exaggerating a bit. Um, the thing that gets me, I was thinking about our conversation that we had last week about this left and right divide, and it always seemed to me to be that the right was the party of stodginess and mothballs, because I would think of my grandparents, whom I love, and may they rest in peace, but I would think of my grandparents who would sit in their house with the air conditioner set to you know 67 degrees, and read read the newspaper and watch Fox News and you know and all the all this being in a suburb outside of Orlando, Florida, just kind of a I don't know a, a sort of insulation from the world. Everything outside is scary, right? Scary immigrants and scary uh, liberals and all like everything scary, 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 scary. And I've always been a bit. I've always just found that distasteful because I like the scary people. You know, I was parked at a stoplight yesterday on the main street of my town, and there's a lot of homeless people. There's a bus stop right right by Main Street, and the transients walk through, as we've said in previous episodes, to, I think, the mental hospital down the street, but I'm not really sure where they're going. They might be going to smoke meth in a bush. Really none of my business. But there was a, a tall, maybe six foot seven black man wearing a McDonald's beanie. And this young white kid with long surfer hair and a bomber jacket goes right up to this big black guy and he says, "Hey man, you want to smoke a you want to smoke a joint? I got a joint in my pocket." And the guy's like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And the kid goes, "All right, come with me." And the kid and the guy says, "No, just smoke it here." And he points to the business that he's standing in front of and he says, "He says they're closed. It's fine." And so they spark up the jo- in Oklahoma. You know, it's all it's all legal. I don't think it's legal to maybe smoke it on a, on a street. But who really gives a shit about the le- the legality? What I'm saying, is that, I saw that and I thought that's actually that's kind of beautiful because you'd be hard pressed to find me, sharing spit with a homeless person. You know what I mean? Passing right. a joint, passing yeah, a joint back and forth. But you know, this kid was doing it and. Uh, I don't know, dude. I mean, it's it like that kind of uh, saying, you know, screw the fear, screw this whole idea of like, oh gosh, I'm going to get germs, I'm going to get sick, I'll get disease, I'll somehow catch homelessness through this guy's spit. This kid was saying, no, nah, man, do you want to smoke a joint? And I'm not a weed guy, I've never been a weed guy, but I thought that moment was, it was beautiful in its own little ugly way. I hear you, you know, and I I think the most important thing is conquering fear, which is one of the reasons why I believe in skydiving, because every time you skydive, 
uh, I, I don't care who you are. You could be special forces. You could be, you know, the world's greatest paratrooper. You're going to have a moment. You're going to have a moment. You're going to have at least 10 seconds. But it will seem like your entire lifetime where you're completely being prosecuted by the universe. And you, you have to go through that process. Mm-hmm. And, and that's cool. You know, I mean, like, I, I think that's one of the most beautiful moments that you can have. Mm-hmm. And there's no getting around that, no matter how many times you've done that. But fear, I mean, where does fear really live? Fear lives in your gut and your head, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if it's not in your gut, if it's not in your balls, if it's not in your head, where is it? You know? It, it doesn't exist. You're immune. So you just have to think about, well, I don't really want to have fear in my head, in my balls, in my house, in my life, you know? So you, you just think about something differently. And and that's one of the things I'm going to talk about behind the paywall. Um because we are moving our whole program to be being behind the paywall. Uh, Dave and I have, have given out a lot of free content over the last year. And uh, we're frankly a little bit, uh, well, not tired, but uh, we're, we're not tired at all. Uh, but we're not going to just keep doing that. Uh, and I'm going to give out some ideas about how to break away from physical violent fear mm-hmm. uh, yeah i think so number one skydiving is awesome it's one of the best experiences of my life i did it in oregon i saw the three sisters mountains while i was uh plummeting to the earth that was a really great experience and completely unexpected a friend of mine showed up in town came to my door and literally said do you want to go skydiving today i said well i mean yeah of course what else do you say when somebody puts that on you like that? Right. Second thing, you brought up fear being in your head, your your gut, and your balls, right? I think the fear in the balls and the gut is worth listening to, but I think there's two types of fear, and I think the fear that exists in your head is all fake. That's all your mind just overanalyzing, overprocessing. Um, I have been able to locate where fear lives in me when I feel fear, particularly when it comes to raising my kid. And if it's in my head, I dismiss it because it's almost always some kind of obsessive compulsive nonsense about, you know, oh my gosh, are there germs on that or this? But if there's something in my gut, you know, it usually means that Gus has wandered too close to the edge of the bed or, you know, that he's, I don't know, inching inching towards the sleeping dog and <laughs> interested in <laughs> grabbing grabbing her tail or Kalua. something like that. Yeah, Kahlua. Good old Kahlua. But um, on the subject of the free stuff and the paywall, basically what it comes down to is two, a twofold thing. Number one, um, we've gotten responses from people about the two hours being a bit too much to take in every week, which I, I hear you. I totally get it. Um, a podcast that I really enjoy just released a three-hour episode today, and I thought, oh, God, this is going to take me all week to listen to this. Um right. But so the amount of content should uh, necessarily shrink then to become a bit more manageable. 
On the other hand, too, Chris put it to me in an email that it's like playing to a back room, and I really enjoyed that. Uh, we've done a front-facing street busking podcast uh, for 60 episodes. We'll we'll wrap up uh, with a Halloween episode next week, and then move everything over behind the paywall. But yeah, I think that it's it's time to you know no matter who decides to join us over there to kind of put up a bit of a a skin in the game cover charge to the whole thing you know i mean we're we're basically uh you know like chris said we're doing really cool stuff i got a really nice email uh recently from a listener those come in at a rate of you know about once a week maybe once every other week so i've gotten some really nice feedback from people we've met a lot of the patrons um who you know have provided cool links and just cool hangs you know and um i'm not really sure who all is listening on the free side i know that we get pretty consistent downloads every week but uh but yeah i mean at the end you know if you don't want to come over to the other side then uh you know you've had 60 episodes and we hope that you've learned something but i'm gonna take down that library and just put it behind the the patreon because uh there has there has to be uh, a sort of give and take with this kind of stuff, and if you find value in it, then we're we're asking for a little bit of value back. And I think I just I think that's reasonable. I don't think that's you know, I don't think that's it's bad. totally reasonable. <laughs> and and I'm pushing for full Zoom because we've got some beautiful female fans, you know, and I think it's important that we celebrate that as as you know men today i i I think that i'm really grateful for that and um i know you are too so no we're we're not fooling around here you know this is big time and i i've just gotten the copy edits through from my textbook from rutledge press which is going to be a major international book um and i'm really proud that's going to go off to africa uh, where I've I've done work and I'm doing work this week. I'm I'm zooming into t- two African universities this week, uh, and I've I've been retained as the international examiner for Rhodes University in South Africa. You know, Dave and I are like out there, and and we're trying and we're building community around the world, and I think that is important to recognize that that. You know, this is a global society now. This is not Oklahoma or just Las Vegas or, you know, this is a global thing. And and I think it's really cool. And we're in it, you know, and and we want you to join it. By the way, Rutledge is from Oxford, right? Isn't that a press that's out of Oxford? Yeah. Well, they're out of they're out of England. Yeah. England? Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't but, sure if they had a connection to Oxford or not, but yeah, I just thought... I do. I do. Yeah. And I'm yeah. appearing, you know, in, in Ox... Uh, and I'm actually going to appear... Uh, well, uh, hang on. What what day is it? Um, the... Uh, I'm going to appear at Cambridge uh, where Newton uh, taught, you know? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, big look, stuff, we're, we're out there. Big stuff, big stuff. We're out there. We're out there doing things. And uh, and yeah, you know, 
I want to speak to my uh, personal experience with this podcast because if you've been following from the beginning and you have been listening to the Patreon episodes, some of the the mind exercises and the cool, interesting ways of thinking that Chris has put forward has actually created an evolution in the way that I think and also speak. I think that a year later, I speak more clearly. I think more clearly. I'm able to think about more than one thing at the same time. And that all came from doing this podcast. And I don't think it's just a matter of being on the opposite end of the mic from Chris. I think that there are actual lessons and value that we have discussed over this period of time that can genuinely improve people's lives. So, you know, hey, we did it free for a year, man. Nothing wrong with that. But, uh, well, you know, I'm really honored that you have engaged with my ideas. They, they have been a long time coming across, well, I mean, name a continent, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and when we started off, uh, I mean, you, you really were the Hawthorne to my Melville. <clears throat> And I think you've switched that up, and I'm really grateful and proud of you for that. Um, and I've got some really, uh, well, well, I don't stop, you know. I don't stop. <laughs> I've, I've got more stuff to mm-hmm. challenge you with <laughs> behind our new paywall. And it, it, it's never going to stop, David. It, you know, you're going to have to shoot me. You know, it's never going to stop. Every yeah. every time we get together, well, it, it's you're gonna get thrown up against a wall, you know. And and I'm really grateful for that. And I I appreciate that you have the flexibility and the courage to embrace those ideas because they have come across, well, you know, at least three continents and a lot of students. So so thank you. Yeah, of course, man. Mutual. Likewise. Really quick, before we get into the episode, we have a few things to tie up before our Halloween episode, but I did want to say, your memory is better than mine. Have I talked on this show before about how I you know, saw the weapon of the apocalypse during a mescaline vision once? Did I go over that? I just yeah, you did, and I really loved it, but tell us again. <laughs> okay, so I'll give a little bit of background because there's an update. There is an update to this story that I think is very, very, very cool. I was hanging out with my buddy Eric, and he had a bunch of crushed up San Pedro cactus that we mixed into water and turned into a paste and flavored lightly with cinnamon in order to, <laughs> in order to uh, you know, give it taste. But it was awful. It was like <laughs> swallowing a slug. Now, the thing about San Pedro and mescaline is that unlike pharmaceutical drugs, the mescaline is not evenly distributed throughout the cactus. So of the four friends who partook of the mescaline, I got uh, all of it, basically. Because nobody <laughs> nobody else got high. Nobody else even felt... A, I think one person might have said, I feel a little phony, but nobody really got anything. But I was laying on the floor of my friend Eric's apartment. This is maybe 10 years ago now. And he had an overhead projector aimed at the ceiling. And he was using Ziploc bags of colored food dye on the overhead projector to make me kind of trip out. 
And I didn't need that after a while because the spackle in the ceiling began to shift. If you think of the way grains of sand look at the at, on the beach when the tide comes in, that was what the ceiling was doing. And I thought, <laughs> oh, God, I am in for it. And at this time, uh, Rios and I were taking a break. We were lightly separated. And during the depths of my shamanic peyote, well, it's not peyote, it's San Pedro, but it's the same basic idea as a peyote button, right? Sure. I saw two gray aliens appear before me and give me a vision of my future. And they told me what I needed to do. They told me I needed to get back with Rios or my life would never be correct. It would never be right. I would be going down the incorrect path. And then they showed me something called the Weapon of the Apocalypse. Now, over the past decade, I have drawn this symbol for whoever will hear me ramble about this crazy story. And it, it's it's a dot and then two curved lines in a very specific way. And so I'm scrolling the internet, as I do, and I see this thread from the website 4chan, which I'm sure you're familiar with. It's kind of the dark internet, the dark... Uh, usually th- thought of as quite racist underbelly of the internet, but it's where all the, it's like the source of pretty much all the memes that we see. They get filtered down to places like Twitter and Facebook. And there are people who are talking about being on different drugs and seeing this particular symbol. And I looked at it and I thought, holy shit, that is the symbol that I saw. That's exactly it. And then somebody went and found that there are pictographs of this symbol in Tucson, Armenia, Guyana, the United Arab Emirates, New Mexico, Italy, Spain, and Venezuela. So whatever this is, is some kind of ancient blood memory that mm. the mescaline wakes up in people and and presents to them. And I, I have my thoughts. I thought I had it figured out when I took a trip to uh, Seoul, Korea. I thought I had the whole mystery solved in Seoul <laughs> because I saw the symbol at a mime school in Chuncheon. I South remember Korea. you saying that. Yeah. 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 And I thought, okay, so that's the, that's where the story wraps up. But this adds a new and interesting wrinkle to my psychedelic journey because the symbol is back and it turns out it's much, much older than I thought it was. So to be continued, but that's where that's at right now. Well, you know, as James Brown said, you know, if you leave me, darling, I'll go crazy, you know, mm-hmm. and in mm-hmm. in four four time, you know, um, I think that's really cool. Um, I'm so glad that you and Rios are still together because uh, I think yeah. she's so hot. Um, yeah. She's great. Yeah, no, she's and, awesome. She's uh, she's definitely uh, somebody who pulled me pulled me out of a out of a bad self-destructive spiral. I think that men have a tendency to do that more so she than women. She pumped out a good baby. She sure did. Yeah. You know? I witnessed it. Damnest yeah. thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Crazy to watch a, a child come through a birth canal like that. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> you know, you know, I delivered twins in a snowstorm in New Hampshire before I was an actual qualified paramedic. Um, and it was really scary. Uh, the gal was like way overweight and there had been a major, ma- the, the biggest car crash in 
on the New Hampshire interstate at, at the time that I was doing it. Hmm. So I was the only, you know, I, I, I was, I was the one and we did it. We did it. We got one out mm-hmm. and I didn't know there was another one. She didn't know either. She hmm. didn't know. She mm-hmm. was 18. Mm-hmm. She was 18 years old, you know, and basically just, you know, an, a nice normal gal from, you know, around. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, she wasn't a college student, in other words. Um, and we made it work. We made mm-hmm. it work. We got the other one out. We got the other one out of the pot. You know, this is the mm-hmm. thing. It's it's like a cooking pot, you know? It's like, right. you know, it's uh, just so difficult. You know, I I can't believe that we have reached this stage of society where we don't recognize that uh, fighting, sex, and birth, and death are really all that we, we've got going on. I, I just don't understand w- what, what's happened to us. Oh, I mean, where to start? Um... Well, I think it's the first time in known recorded human history. I believe in cycles. So I believe that we've been here before. And I think that if we look deep down in our soul memory, we'll find it somewhere. Because whether you believe in Atlantis or the fact that we might have come here on a spaceship from Mars, uh, one of those things, one or many or all or none, but different, (laughs) all of that is, is somehow true. So I think we go through these cycles and it really seems to come from the human ability to innovate and to make things more and more, quote unquote, big scare quotes, safe. And I think that that is not the reason why we exist. I think that we exist because, where do I start? Well, we, we choose to be incarnated. I believe that also. I believe that we get to choose the life that we that we want to live. And I'd like to think of it you ever seen the show Pawn Stars where, you know, people take things to a to a They pawn shot shop? that in Vegas. Come on, man. Oh, right, of course. Yeah. So, you know, when they when they're when they're doing that, somebody'll bring in their grandmother's old clock and they'll say, you know, best I can do is, you know, 300 bucks and then they'll barter a little bit. I think that when you go up to the to the pawn counter to get your incarnation, be like, look, best I can do, it looks like this one is going to last about 60 years. You're going to get cancer, but you're going to do a lot of cool shit while you do that. And, you know, you might say, oh, well, do you have anything that's maybe maybe 80 years? And they'll say, well, we got an 80-year-old one, but I don't know if you want this life. I'm really not sure you want this life. This is going to be a rough one. And you choose, and then you go into it, right? And the whole point, no matter which life you choose, is that you get to experience uh, being human, which means you get to be happy and sad and depressed and elated and all these things that you don't get to be when you're not incarnated, right? When you sort of when you when you come here, when you're shoot out of the birth canal, you <laughs> experience time and you haven't been experiencing time for a long time (laughs) and so you know 
basically all of these all of these things are necessary and you don't want bad things to happen you don't want to experience pain but it's all part of the deal man it's all part of the thing and if you could remember if you could remember where you were before you were born you would realize that on a certain level you you chose you chose that and you'll remember you'll remember when you go back but it's hard to remember now because we're in a we're in a weird dream shoot out over the water and i won't be here long that's why my god jesus gives me the strength to carry on reverend gary davis uh i i would like you to post in our notes um some uh well a, a great song by greg lake of of emerson lake and palmer you were meant to be here from the beginning I've come back to that song a lot now. I, I think he's a beautiful guitarist. I think he's remained a great vocalist into his, well, he's, you know, he's, he's older than I am. Um, and I, I think it's a wonderful uh, song uh, from the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm with you, you know, I, I'm with you. I, I think that we, we, we choose the path that we're on. Uh, well, I'm choosing... And I think I said this in an earlier episode. I'm choosing the blue monkey-headed god of inquisitiveness from the Tibetan Book of the Dead. She's female, and I and I, I want to have sex with her, you know, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I, I I I want that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm not going to go down very quietly, you know. It, it, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be shooting guns. I'm gonna be living life. I, I'm gonna be fighting for uh, mobility and strength and flexibility of mind until, mm -hmm. well, the flat line. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and when you go back to where we came from, you'll be able to say, "Hey, I, I really did it. I did the thing. I really think that's all. Like, I think you get together outside of it." And everybody sort of slaps each other on their back and says, you, dude, you spent your whole life on a couch? Bro. <laughs> Come on, you completely forgot. You forgot what you went there for. And then some people, like you, will come, will go there and they'll be like, you killed it. Damn, 10 out of 10. You lived it. And that's, that's, really, all you, that's really all you want to be. That's really all you want to do is, you know, live the life that uh that you're supposed to well we are uh 30 minutes in we're gonna make this one a 45 minute one so do we want to cover something quickly well i think we do uh, a little bit i i think we want to uh, touch base with our theme of supporting indigenous people uh really you know, mm -hmm. um, because we don't believe that anyone is indigenous to anywhere if our paradigm is we all came from Southern Africa. So we're going to throw that out. We're going to throw that out. Okay. But David and I do want to support uh, Native American, Mesoamerican, Oceanic, and, well, in my case, um, the heart of Africa, uh, mm -hmm. the Congo. Um, we, we want to support cuisine and music and an actual cultural understanding. Don't just accept that these 
people are symbolic of something and that white people are bad. No, actually try to learn something about these cultures. You know, if that's what you're, if that's your game, if you want to support indigenous people, that idea, capital I, capital P, around the world, will learn something about those cultures and don't just be a white liberal from Seattle. Whatever you do in this life, you are going to get clowned so hard if you spent your life being a white liberal from Seattle. I think that what you're saying about appreciating native, uh, like you said, food and and culture, is um, it's really important to not tokenize these populations, and that's what that we're is the at verb last to use, David. Yeah, that is yeah. the verb to use, and we need to bring that verb back. Really, don't want to tokenize them. We don't want to pick and choose different aspects of their culture that fit a sort of liberal paradigm that we're trying to live in. We don't want to, you know, uh, we've talked last episode about the concept of the two spirit and how that has basis in historical fact, regardless of when it was exactly coined, but that the way in which it used, it, it is used and the majority of people who are using it are in fact engaging in what's supposed to be one of the cardinal sins of neoliberalism, which is appropriation. Because you're taking a piece from a culture and trying to use it to win a stupid argument online. Instead, uh, food and ritual are really big. And we talked a bit about the way that cultures structure time. And I mentioned um, in conversations that we've had before about the idea of getting a calendar. You can get this. Ca- you can get these calendars from any, you know, Catholic gift shop that you might come across. But a calendar that has all the different feast days of the saints might be really important because we have this uh, paradigm that we live in that has a seven-day work week and five of those days are working and then you have Saturday and Sunday off. And we all know that Wednesday stands for Odin's Day, Thursday is Thor's Day, Saturday is Saturn's Day, Sun, Moon, on and on and on, right? But we tend to get stuck into this, this work idea. And this, uh, this is what a Tuesday feels like. And this is what a Wednesday feels like. And it really begins to feel like being in prison. And you, you just end up trying to run out the clock until you get to Saturday and Sunday. And then you yeah. do the whole thing over again. But yeah. if, you, if you have these feast days, um, you start to look at the world as an imaginative exercise because all these feast days are backed by wonderful stories about miracles and you know saints and and all these acts that they did during their lives and everybody knows what i'm talking about when i say that there's something called the christmas spirit and the christmas season in particular it's not just santa claus at the mall or lights on people's houses although that is an important part of it it's a feeling that you get when it's, I don't know, Halloween time or uh, or Christmas time. And what I'm suggesting is that if you have a saint, a Feast of the Saints Day calendar, you can experience time in a different way, a, a time that's more connected to the imaginative and the deep historical record than this, you know, every Tuesday is the same, every Wednesday is the same. It just seems to be a better way to live. Well, you know, I, I'm really grateful um, 
and I haven't said this enough, uh, and, and I apologize. Uh, my, my major uh, wife, she said that Friday was big butt night, you know? And, um, and I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Um, and I, I'm going to bring down a ghost story on Halloween. And I think we do need to really recognize these moments, these, you know, whether it's a feast day or big butt night Friday or some just birthday. I mean, you know, we, we have to recognize milestones and, and be together and celebrate some things together. Because celebration, you know, how many people really understand what that word means? Mm-hmm. You know, do you think you know what that word means? I, I, I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. most people have no idea where the word celebrate comes from. And uh, so I'm going to go down on that path. Um, you know, oh, oh my God, David, I've got a wonderful call coming in. <laughs> from who? the woman really yeah no way yeah i'm gonna right. I'm, I'm i'll let it go because you're more important but um holy cow how about that that's neat well she's magical she's the only woman i've ever really been in love with you know mm-hmm. you know really honestly mm-hmm. uh i mm-hmm. just gotta say that sure. um because well, I thank David for being for making me be honest, you know, and and making me be truthful to to people, uh, because it's, you know, there's yeah. only love and violence. 